TED Audio Collective. A quick new idea daily from the world's greatest TEDx talks. I'm your host, Atosa Leone, and this is TEDx Shorts. This past year, protests against the systemic racism and policing spread around the world. And despite having given this talk five years ago, I found that Dr. Megan Ming Francis's urgent case for a new approach to these tragic deaths, sadly, still rings true today. Let's re-listen to her important message on why we need to take a look at the deeper causes of systemic racism rather than settle for easy fixes. This violent interaction between Black men and women and police officers plays out in cities and towns across the United States, often with much more devastating results. According to the most recent statistics, Blacks are more likely to be shot and killed by police than whites. The question on everyone's mind and the question that I get asked the most is how do we solve this problem? And I confess, I cringe at this question, not because it's not a good question, but because I think we're asking the wrong question. I'm not convinced we even understand how we got to this point in the first place. Better understanding of the root causes of the current place where we are will help provide us the tools that we need to move us forward. So why does the killing of unarmed Blacks continue to happen? I think it continues to happen because we have the wrong diagnosis and the wrong cure. And what I mean by this is we tend to think the problem of racial violence is isolated to a few stubborn racists, right, that haven't yet drunk kind of this progressive Kool-Aid. And we tend to think the cure to racial injustices in the United States should always revolve around education. In the rest of my talk today, I'm going to challenge both of these ideas and suggest a new way to understand the problem as well as the solution. First, part of the reason the killing of unarmed Blacks continues to happen at an alarming rate is because we haven't properly addressed our long history of racial terror in this country, which has treated Blackness as a proxy for criminality, as a substitute for criminality. Instead, when confronted with kind of these jarring racial injustices, what we like to do is to point to the bad racist apples. We like to individualize the problem and situate it away from us. This is why we're able to make sense of, let's say, a Dylan Roof, the shooter in Charleston, South Carolina, who shot up the black church and had a white power manifesto. But the problem of contemporary racial violence is not that we have a few kind of racist bad apples. The problem is that the whole tree, the whole apple tree is infected. The problem is that the presumption of dangerousness is tightly bound to race for so many in this country. To be clear in thinking about solutions to the racial violence, I'm in favor of body cameras. I'm in favor of a non-militarized police force. I'm in favor of stricter laws that make police officers more accountable when they stop and frisk people on the street. But I'm not convinced that we would need something like body cameras if we didn't live in a society that treated Blacks as dangerous and suspicious first and as citizens second. It's not just a few bad racist apples in a police department 
or at an airport. It's all of us who in big ways through our actions and in small ways by our silences support this lie, because that's what it is, right? It's a lie that somehow black folk are just more dangerous than the rest of us. So not only do I believe that we've misdiagnosed the problem, I also think we have the wrong cure to it. We keep offering up education as a solution to all racial injustices in the United States. Education is not a cure-all for all of America's racial sins. And yet, education is still how most Americans understand their responsibility to fixing contemporary racial injustices. Our measure of how far we have come in the area of race relations is most often calculated in how integrated our schools are, how many innovative education experiments are currently going on, and how many federal dollars are committed towards education. But the problem, the, current, the contemporary problem surrounding the killing of unarmed blacks is not a problem that boils down to providing greater educational opportunities to blacks. This is a misdiagnosis. A book is not going to stop the bullet barreling through a gun at Rakia Boyd in Chicago. And longer classroom times are not going to save Freddie Gray from being illegally stopped and then manhandled by police in Baltimore. This is what I know for sure, that in order to combat continuing racial injustices today, we must expand our vision and our responsibility to what civil rights actually means. We must include the battle against racist violence in our understanding of civil rights. Instead of education, what if we place freedom from racist violence at the crux of what it means to be free and equal in the United States? Doing so does not mean that we necessarily dislodge education, but it means that if racism and white supremacy are a rock fortress, that we assemble a greater arsenal of weapons to break the damn thing down. I know this is not an easy task, but I know that it can be done. So in my real life, I'm a political scientist and a historian, and I've spent the last 10 years focused on a surprising finding, that before the civil rights group, the NAACP, focused on its historic campaign against segregated education. The NAACP spent the first two decades of the 20th century focused on fighting escalating levels of racial violence that blacks endured as a result of the actions from police, politicians, and private white citizens in the South and in the North. In order to wage this big campaign against racial violence, the NAACP organized mass demonstrations in the streets. They lobbied Congress to pass an anti-lynching bill. They litigated and won a landmark decision in front of the Supreme Court. It was this massive, extraordinary, in-your-face campaign that forced America to confront lynchings and mob violence against African Americans. It asked America how strong was its commitment to protecting black lives. I tell this story about the NAACP's historic kind of campaign against racial violence, because I believe our past history can light a way out of the present darkness. If we listen to what this history tells us, then we must struggle through this current moment. We must confront the ways that our actions and our institutions lead to a differential treatment of blacks, even if done unintentionally. Today, people across the United States are taking to streets and are demanding to be seen. Not as dangerous, 
but as people whose lives have value and deserve protection. Some of these groups are associated directly and some indirectly with the Black Lives Matter movement. Without the efforts of these groups, so many of these killings of unarmed Blacks would have been swept under the rug and we would have lost attention long ago. But so many of these activists have denied the comforts of silence and they are being active around this issue. Their message and my message to you today is that we must pay closer attention to the way that Black people are treated. The stories of police brutality and killings of unarmed Blacks is not a story about Black people. It's a story about all of us, about racial progress and the stubborn durability of American racism. It's about if we will stop making the mistakes of our past and confront our own complicity in this great American lie that somehow Black people are more dangerous than others. And finally, it's about if we have the courage to take a collective stand against racial injustice today. My books and my silence will not save these students, but their activism, their courage in challenging the status quo and this movement just might. The TEDx talk you just listened to was recorded at a TEDx event in Seattle, Washington. All TEDx events are independently organized by volunteers who believe in TED's mission of ideas worth spreading. Special thanks to the organizing team at TEDx Rainier. Want to listen to the full talk? Find Megan's talk and more at TED.com slash TEDx Shorts. I'm Atosa Leone. Thanks for listening and see you next time.